Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nick Sutherland from MindFit. Nico, how are you, mate? I am mentally very well. Uh, actually, uh, that's a lie. Um, I've been up since five o'clock this morning, so I'm a little wow. bit tired. Um, my back's giving me a little bit of grief for some unknown reason, but that's okay. It's just is what it is. But I'm actually, uh, I was cleaning up dog poo at the backyard this morning, and I realised I'm having mixed emotions about Anzac Day. So ah. it's a bit. Because I, uh, I've, been, I've had to meet with the Defence Force Ombudsman this week about what happened 20 years ago. They've done this repatriation sort of program and basically saying sorry and this is what we're doing to make sure it never happens again, which was great. Um, but then I was coming in from, yeah, but what do we do with the people that have been through it already? So it raised a lot of that old stuff up. Uh, and then with, yeah, Anzac Day around the corner, it's always... It's always a mixed day for me. I mean, it's great because the bombers are playing, but then um, it's uh, yeah, it takes you it takes you back in that headspace. And remember when we interviewed Tristan on the podcast um, mm-hmm. from Blind Tiger Yoga, um, and he was talking about the veteran suicide rate is highest the week before and the week after Anzac Day, um, and you miss a lot of buddies and that sort of thing. And yeah, veteran suicide right they've, they've just called for a royal commission into it so yeah in that regard um uh i'm well but i'm just i'm just in an interesting headspace i suppose yeah no no it makes sense makes sense it's like you know um we think about you know the holidays and christmas and new years as a, as a good time of year but me working with a lot of addicts and everything over the years you know it brings up a lot of that stuff because a lot of them had very dysfunctional families growing up so it's just these certain times of the year that can bring up you know the places where you know we've had some pain in the past so yeah it makes sense mate absolutely and as long as your back's ready for a golf weekend next weekend yes. I'll, be, I'll be stoked uh all right we have back, a wonderful we back with a good back. Uh, our guest yeah. today is Sean Coffin from The Modern Bloke. Very, very excited to talk to him today and about the work that he's doing. Sounds like you're a Bombers supporter as well, uh, Sean. Yeah, so, so I was saying with Nick, uh, with the Mixed Emotions for Anzac Day, my dad's a Collingwood supporter. All right. Uh, <laughs> so the rule is a lot of banter until the game starts and then one of us doesn't answer the call to the other one. <laughs> have, you, have you been to many with him, with him in person? No. So my um, he lives in WA and my the two bucket list things are going to Anzac Day and going to a grand final. Um, I haven't been to an Anzac Day match. So my fiancé is an MCC member, which is one of the top – you know, ticks of the uh, yeah. green flags for dating. Um, so it's on the cards. <laughs> I, I had an MCC membership. My grandpa put me down the day I was born, but then when I joined the army and moved away and everything, I just let it lapse. And I, I got in touch with them when I came back and they're like, yeah, no, it's just pays for the last 10 years and you, and you can have your membership back. And I'm like, yeah, I might just let that slide. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I was fortunate enough to go to the first Anzac Day game where it was a draw and I was sitting oh, right draw. down the front and yeah, it was an amazing day. Uh, and I've been to a few. So yeah, maybe next year, mate, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get down there and, and cheer on the red and black. Oh, always keen for that. I, uh, I just remember I was at the one um, and I, I hate both teams to be honest but um, I was at the one where Zaharakis got that the, North Melbourne supporter yeah don't, let's not bring that up um, so, <laughs> um, the one where Zaharakis got that goal late and there was a big comeback and I, I remember the it was amazing just the noise in oh. that place was unbelievable 100,000 people just going off their heads it's yeah I can't Amazing. remember where I was when Princess Diana died, but I was at the Frank Sinara sale when Zaharakis came. <laughs> With my dad was down at the time and my step-brother-in-law, um, who's Essendon as well. So that was I remember the RSL by the end of the game was split. Collingwood, and it doesn't matter where your family loyalties or friendship loyalties, you, it was split, so... Oh, I love it, mate. Oh, I love you it. Get your priorities sorted, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sean, tell us and, and the listeners a little bit about the modern bloke. You know, tell us what, what it's all about. You know, what you're doing at the minute, and maybe what birthed it as well. What, what it came yeah, out the of the inception of it. Yeah. So, the modern bloke um, is strategically um, designed to emulate that, like this podcast, um, these discussions 
is that the, what is the modern bloke and what is the evolution of kind of like from our generation growing up to the next, what do we want to be known for? Um, and just simply showcasing what my thoughts, other people's thoughts are of what the modern bloke in the society um, would be like. Um, I found that these discussions that we're having are more common but they're probably not promoted as much on any platforms or they weren't maybe two years ago. Therefore the people that are maybe interested in it or um, this solves a problem for them, then they weren't being exposed to it, but they were still being exposed to probably the negative parts of blokes culture. Um, so it was more just, yeah, kind of like a platform to try and change the perception of two blokes, what a modern bloke is from probably the communication of looking at us three here, if we're saying that, you know, this is what we are, this is how we do it individually, then we're going to have more impact on someone similar to us or younger or even older that it's kind of like, oh shit, guys can actually do this. We can talk about the stresses that we go through with Anzac Day for, you know, people that have served in the army um, rather than, I oh, know, blokes don't talk about that and the only people that tell us that are a you know a 50 year old female psychologist or um a politician that we don't resonate with um so it kind of just came out of that of um that you can't be what you can't see so let's promote blokes that are both enjoy football but are comfortable we're talking about their emotions um in a way that blokes talk to other blokes as well why is that why is that important to you um I grew up with a single mum and an older sister. So I grew up in a very feminine household. And me then, too. yeah, there you go. And then, and, and I was, to me, the conditioning of talking about and being in touch with your emotions was just normal to me. I mm. wasn't until to late, you know, early teens going into footy clubs that I really then saw, okay, well, hang on, we've been told we're not allowed to do this, but I thought it was normal. And then, um, Moving forward from that, I've gone through my own um, mental health issues through um, bullying and probably being more empathetic or feeling the emotions and being then in a culture where that, you know, there's a lot more bullying, a lot more picking on, a lot more stuff like that. Um, and you just told to suck it up. And I realized how much that had an issue um, through being supported by my mother to be vocal, I guess, um, and, and be, you know, be able to talk about what I want. Um, I found that when I did, there was a lot of pushback um, when it, from both different parts of society. But after a couple of months or years of stuff, I would get people reaching out to me and going, oh, mate, um, you know, I know two years ago, I was like, why do you always talk about your emotions? <laughs> but I'm actually going through something. Do you mind if we have a chat? Um, and I, and I love that because I'm like, yep, yeah, cool. You know, you, you, you're starting to realize. Um, and then the pinnacle of probably the, the journey was in early university when, um, there was no men's officer and I was running, I, I did the Van Wilder job. I was running all the parties and stuff. And, um, but I was very open and then I'd have a lot of guys come up to me and say, I'm stressed about career i'm stressed about you know a, a relationships um but there was no specific there was a women's officer a queer officer environment of officer for the support which they needed um but there was just no men's officer and it just it didn't resonate when i asked and you know oh but guys don't have any problems um so we don't need them um and it just like just those social um answers just confused me more than anything um and then same thing, being vocal, more and more people um, kind of responded to it. And then about two years ago, I was with my now fiance and would talk about this to her and she's very emotionally intelligent, empathetic. And um, the idea of being the brand or the, the, the brand of the modern bloke was we were talking about um, International Women's Day. And she said that, uh, you know, and she's very good in business and very... Um, intelligent and I said oh, I just it doesn't sit right that when there's International Women's Day you see all these amazing events but their partners aren't there and, and I understand why that you know the partners aren't there because it's, it's on there for women but I'm like, if you were having an event like I'd love to be there clapping you and how powerful would it be to show you know 
guys supporting the women so they don't feel like they're solidarity yeah um and 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 i'm um so yeah she encouraged me she said you know why don't you put all this stuff down on you know on a a blog or an instagram or podcast or something and um so yeah i just started putting it out and seeing what resonated um and then yeah and i think part of um the brand i call it is that that supporting of women sometimes if you're in that toxic culture um isn't what we do and i just never understood why so i think you know the more that we have modern blokes supporting it then you change that and go oh maybe it is what we do <laughs> we, we did a we did a podcast uh it was probably in the 20s or 30s i think has and it was about um you know the sensitive man and, and, and how to exist in the day and age and and just the, remember the the snag, the sensitive new age guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that helps <laughs> our cause. I, I really, oh, you're such a snag. It seems like a derogatory remark. Where and it was. I think there was a there was a connotation there that blokes were went from one extreme to the other and they were a bit too sensitive. So I think what we're doing really well now is finding that middle ground and we're staying in our masculine energy and our masculinity and our power. Uh, but doing it with a respect to, to women and, and their power and their energy and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's also interesting to, you know, when things come full circle and, and I, was, I was reading something a while back or uh, I had some pictures of men in the 20s and 30s compared to men now and they're all dapper and had their ties and, you know, chivalry was very big back then and, you know, it was, it was a, a different age, a different time. And then there was, you know, photos of guys these days just dressed with their jocks hanging up near their nipples and just spitting on the street and just just really trashy. So I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts, Sean, on, on where, where men are sort of heading in that direction? Well, it's, it's, it's a great conversation because I, I specifically talk about the evolution or like evolving the brand of man or the culture of blokes um, versus changing. And I think when we talk changing and you, you bring up the snag is that it, you choose either one or the other. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, if I'm a snag, then it means that I can't like the masculine or the, the traditional stuff. Um, and that's where I think then the conversation then becomes, okay, well then if you're denying your whole masculinity, then that means it must be bad. And then it, it, it diverts. Whereas you said the blend, I, I look at 80, 20 rule in business mm-hmm. and, you know, 80, 80% masculine, 20% feminine. Like we should all have a balance and understand that. Um, and when evolving culture, you talk about those pictures and it's kind of, it's not about saying, well, let's go against something, but I do it. I've done it some talks with footy clubs and um, we do the, I'm, I'm tipping it's okay to swear on the podcast. Fucking oath. <laughs> um we we're, don't you fucking three, dare you can't <laughs> it's when we bring in the three um it, it's an activity we do where you go um with blokes culture what would we bring in what do we want to keep and what do we want to fuck off yep. and it's it's having those discussions either here or it's powerful in when you've just got you know 30 or 40 men and you just go right let's not worry about what society's telling us or what we're being condescended to or whatever extent between all of us, how do we want to evolve? What's a bad thing in our culture that we, like, what, what, like what's, what's something good outside of our culture that maybe we want to bring into. And one of them can be empathy. You know, women's cultures may be good at empathy or inclusion was, is a lot, comes up a lot that maybe blokes as inclusive to other demographics is what we should be. Um, what do we want to keep banter? Um, you know, type thing is a good one. What do we want to fuck off? Um, maybe peer pressure type thing. And we can start saying, okay, why do we do it? Not because someone else is telling us to do it, but because we realize that that's a bad thing for us. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I, can I piss off something of mine that has become aware of was it using the C bomb in a derogatory way, because it's part of the, it's it's a weird one using the word cunt as a as a swear word. It's it's just a you know. I, I was listening to a comedian one day and he goes, "It's actually like a, a woman's vagina is like bulletproof. It's so much more powerful than a penis. Like you get you get touched on the balls and a man will get crippled, where a woman's vagina is you know has a baby coming out of it. And it's, it's amazing. So why do we why do we put people down using that word 
and I just caught myself when I said it. I was like, "How interesting!" And it's just, and it was just old conditioning. So I'm gonna, it's I'm a gonna Betty White. That it. was, I think, Betty White said that about um, testicles. Why we, you know, grow some balls and don't be a pussy when balls are very soft and very fragile, but um, pussies can take a pounding. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> Good old Betty White. Um, She's a ripper. She's a ripper. <laughs> and it is. I, I think, um, and this is why I love that. Like. You know the, the work that you guys do um around like you know the inner works that you do because of the difference between saying blokes from say external blokes culture you can't say cunt we only just just knowing the reaction emotional reaction of a normal person or especially blokes culture they're going to say it more like you know mm. it's type of thing it's don't you know don't call me that nickname but if we sit here and go, do we want to do that? We're going to get a lot more buy-in to actually stop doing it. Um, and to me, you know, the same thing. Sometimes it's just thinking, is it lazy? Well, it's the same. It's the same <laughs> as saying, oh, you're so gay. You know, it was it was big oh, yeah. when I was in high school. It was just a flippant. But it's that casual sexism. It's that casual homophobia. It's that casual racism. It's mm. all that casual stuff that. You know, there's no intent or meaning behind it, and a lot of people are getting caught out with it. But it's uh, we do need to, uh, yeah, be, stop being lazy with our speech. I think. It is lazy. Just call ourselves out, like you just did. Yeah, yourself, Nick. You yeah. know, and I really, I really like Sean. I like that exercise of those three steps because I think what's happened we've had this traditional idea of the the masculine, and then like Nick said, it's just what we say. Well, this isn't working. Because this is very destructive, you know. Men are killing themselves because they're not opening up and talking about stuff. This, this is not good over here. But then we decide we're going to throw all of that out and go completely to the other end. And you know, I, I was reading some stats the last couple of decades. Testosterone levels in men has dropped dramatically, um, something like forty percent or something. The levels of testosterone it, just in you know the average population of men. So it's like we a lot of people have swung completely the, the pendulum to the other side. And now a lot of men, I'm sure men listening to this, are still trying to work out like. You know, who am I meant to be as a man? Because I was told this is bad. Now, this over there doesn't feel right. Like, what traits, how do I blend this in together to, to find my, you know, my middle ground? And I think an exercise like that's really helpful. I'm, I'm talking to my counselor about this stuff because Emma and I, uh, my partner, you know, I was raised by two and so I'm all about feelings and she she's not so much. So she's got probably uh, more of a, I don't want to say masculine energy, but she she's a bit, Harder, and I'm probably a bit softer. Stoic, and, and, maybe. Yeah, not stoic. Just a, just a bit of. I don't know. She, she's amazing, but it's we we had to we had to define our roles in this relationship, and and you know, coming from where I've come from in chivalry and all this sort of stuff, it's it's being really sensitive. And but I was going too far past that spectrum, so I was too mindful of everything. I was too caring, too considerate, and. And then I'd find myself just sort of, yeah, getting run over all the time and feeling disempowered and getting angry or agitated internally and frustrated. But that was on me. So, yeah, finding that balance, and, you know, we talk about it in Buddhism all the time, it's the middle ground, um, is so important because when you're in that space, you can you can help each other out. Like, women aren't perfect. They're, they're, they're you know, they do their things that, that aren't great in their culture and men aren't perfect. We do things in our culture. So if we can start working together, I think it will be you know, a wonderful thing because we can offer so much to each other. I think working together is great. And what you both say is that where, and the snag conversation is when we push too far telling people deny your masculinity and go down being a snag type thing or, you know, that too far. If it's going against, it gets confusing and, and you still have people acting out. You still have people going, okay, well, I'm being, say, emasculated, but that doesn't sit right with me versus I'm naturally more empathetic. So this is, I'm sitting where I am. Um, with You encourage them to go, you, know, you can be masculine, but let's talk about what that is because if that's not, uh, you know, that's supporting being chivalrous and, and supporting your partner, um, which then puts, hopefully gets them into where they're comfortable and then they don't act out um, about that. Um, you, you said with your empathy and one quote that I like is, um, we're not asking for emotional men. We're just asking for more emotional men. Mm. So, you know, mm -hmm. and... Mm -hmm. It, it's yeah. just that balance. 
I heard, I heard, I heard a quote the other day. The, the the cornerstone of love is understanding. So I think when we can understand ourselves, and then we're in a position to understand the other sex, then what comes from that is a deeper level of respect and a deeper level of acceptance and a deeper level of um, you know there's less agitation, it's less fire versus fire, it's less binary, less man versus woman, and it's sort of like humanity can start coming back to the forefront which is would be a beautiful thing instead of men's rights and women's rights and this and then it's out it's a me versus you and and women have been horribly oppressed for such a long time and so they deserve all the recognition they're getting these days but once again the pendulum will go too far because they've been at that end of the spectrum that'll go to that end and hopefully you know men in their sensitivity but not sensitive in terms of ego and getting offended at everything it's sensitivity to other people's needs perhaps so that emotional intelligence increasing and getting away from the alpha male or the snag and finding that i heard um about the omega male and yeah. he sounded he sounded great you know and he sounded like this healthy middle ground it's not the ego involved it's just leading by example and, and working with people instead of hey look at me i'm the best and i'm the strongest Hundred percent. I think that's we we that's a preach. You know, emotional intelligence is one of our major logos. Um, and when dealing with guys and going, that's the scenario. How do we get to what you just spoke about? And it is dealing with listening to them with empathy. Um, where I think where we can get stuck is with condensation. Like, oh, you know, um, yeah, as you said, the ego, um, for the, the alpha male ego, and you kind of go, well to break that down isn't condescension because of you're putting a personality box. If you're then using shame, condescension or, you know, attacking uh, or disrespect, the alpha male with the echo is going to react defensively and going like, (laughs) it just doesn't. It's going to get triggered. Yeah. It's going to get triggered and you're not going to get anywhere. As if you actually go, okay, yes, you are, you know, you're going to, we understand that let's work with that um, and break down those walls. Then we get to the solution that we want. I love that. Sean, with working with men, what have you seen, you know, men maybe struggling with the most? Is it that initial vulnerability and then opening up or what do you think? I think the initial vulnerability is um, a big thing because, and this is where, you know, what all we're doing um, is to show what that looks like. We, you know, and part of this podcast and my podcast is um, what we're telling guys to open up, but we're not showing them how. Um, so the initial vulnerability, and then we've got to understand that we're a very early stage in that culture where then, you know, we're, we're asking someone to go outside of their culture where 95% are going to try and bring them back and going, what are you opening up for? Um, what I have found is that vulnerability though, does breed vulnerability massively with the guy's culture and we are actually really good at it. Like we're actually really, really good. Once we open up. Um, but this is where sorry to interrupt this is where I need to ask women a favour when we do try and open up not to get run over because because women are so conditioned to men not opening up as soon as we do they're like what the fuck anyway and they dismiss it or they run it over or they turn around and make it about them which then shuts us down again it's a question that I get the two two main ones is um, what have I found and what can women and then from women what can we do to help and um and that's where I think, you know, what we're doing, and I say that with you, including you guys, is that we're talking to men about men with men's issues and men's responses, whereas traditionally sometimes it's, okay, well, this is how women would deal with it, so let's tell men to do that, and that's where there's the disconnect. Um, and one of them especially, I had to learn really, like, I had to study communication. I studied articulation. I studied my grammar. I wasn't really great at it. Um, you know, not always there, but at least I try to learn, and I think... Um, communication and emotional intelligence is something that we do need to study as guys and actively learn and go, right, we, we weren't supported with this. It's not we're failing at it or we're shit at it. We weren't supported growing up with this. So let's start rectifying that. If your man, like, you know, as a, as a female listener out there or even communicating to your partner, if you're a guy out here to set that standard and go, I'm going to start trying, but it's probably going to be shit at the start. Um, well, they don't even know what their emotion is. That's why, you know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes men want to open up, but they, they don't know 
what to say i'm feeling and then it's just a blank because they don't it's a different language it's you know they don't don't recognize the emotion i studied german for like four years at high school and i can say like three things i can say like good morning and good day that's about it (laughs) so it's like if you asked me to speak to someone in fluent german i wouldn't have the capacity to be able to do that so i just have to take baby steps at first and then start to learn and develop but i'd need someone very reciprocal and, and empathetic yes. and understanding on the other side to help me through that process. And this is where, you know, men and women can start to create a really beautiful relationship when they're both up for that challenge. Also what and Nick said have- is that understanding. And I think with like what we say, what I, what I say to, to women is if they fuck it up, like, you know, work with them, just know that if there's someone that you love, especially they're doing it with good intention um, it, and nothing can shut a guy down to just stop this cycle. Then if they say something with good intention, but wrong, mm. and then they get shut down of, you know, and if the communication between say partners is that toxic communication where one wants to just be right and it's just a punching match and then the men's never going to win that one type of thing and if he tries to open up and it's like oh but you said this last time or you did that and just mm. shut down you just goes you know what fuck it i'll just go back to normal mm. and not talking um another big thing though is that ooh, um and I, I don't know if it's a something from the past or whatever but men are supposed to be the rock in their relationship you know women are by nature more emotionally driven creatures and and men are meant to be the stoic emotionless rocks and and now that we're starting to open up and express ourselves and say, oh, by the way, I'd, I'd like some help too. When, when we start asking for help, women are going to melt down and going, but you can't ask for help because we're the ones that need help and you're the ones that are meant to give the help. So if you're not helping me, then, you know, so there's this disparity going on there as well. Huge. Um, that's why I advocate talking to counsellors and to therapy, uh, like to psychologists, because... <laughs> let's fight one thing at a time and I'll talk to my partner. You know, you obviously talk to your partners about support and help, but one, they're not your rehab if you do have proper issues, but guys don't want to burden their partners or their family and they don't want to burden their mates and they don't want to be judged by their mates. So even if they want to, who do they go to? And that's where I just say, you know, go to your partner and talk about X, but there are some that you don't want to actually burden on her. So talk to a psychologist about that. Well, you've got, you got to open up and talk about, you know, communicate about the relationship and stuff, but that still hasn't happened in the past. So when a man does yeah. that nowadays, it's, it's, there's a, literally a sense of shock from the woman. But if, if you're not operating well, yeah, if your car's not operating well or functioning properly, you're not going to take it to a mate and say, can you fix my car? You're going to take it to a professional. Yeah. One, and one, um, one tool that I use, this is through the communication learning um, and especially at work, which can hopefully help listeners. Um, if you're stuck on that, just that start of opening up, you're talking about Nick um, is not you made me, you did this and mm-hmm. made me feel it's mm-hmm. when you did this as a result, I felt, I felt. Um, and, and that was a game changer because of instead of placing blame where someone's get defensive, you can, it's, if you're, that's the only thing that you say to your partner is when this happens, I feel then that leaves them to go, okay, well, I have a care. And, and let that's, me you also, but that's you being responsible for your yes. happiness instead of outsourcing. And we, that's the, probably one of the biggest things with MindFit is, is using that thing. So there's the stimulus and then people, yeah, people say, oh, that made me feel, he made me feel shit or whatever, but no, your reaction to that stimulus is to create a chemical reaction and a feeling within you because you've either been triggered and it's a nice you know endorphin release or it's a it's a terrible one so yeah that sense of ownership is is so important you go right you didn't make me feel this i got triggered or mm. or, or, or it resonated or something but I, i'm creating this feeling within myself because you can argue who's right or wrong all day. That's just two egos going. Yeah, <laughs> but you can't, you can't, you can't argue with how someone feels because that's their yeah. subjective experience. And um, yeah, me and Melissa do it all the time. It's like, well, this happened and I felt this way, and then one of us realizes, oh, I just completely misread the situation, and then it's okay and we hug. But like, if I just say, you know, I'm right, no, I'm right, no, I'm right, no, I'm right, it just you it just never this, ends. I did that. And- yeah, it's ego versus ego then. And then uh, you have the, love- dis- the option of going, okay, well, if that's the case. Say, like, you know, Melissa with yourself, oh, I've got Danny Allen, you just go, okay, 
is that justified? So what I did to make, and you felt bad, should I have done that or should I have not now, or was I justified in doing, if she feels that she's justified in doing that, you go, cool. If that's going to trigger you, let's work on that <laughs> rather than me changing my behavior. Cause then it can be a controlling relationship. But I, I had one um, when we were early on with work, you know, not even, I'm a Frankston boy and uh, my partner's a uh, Bo Morris girl. Um, and I said to her early on, I'm like, look, to be honest, you know, you, when you go into business meetings and stuff, I do feel threatened um, by you being around such successful guys. Um, and she's like, cool, but I'm not going to stop doing that because it's part of my job, but let's work on your trigger. I'm like, cool. Like, yeah, you pulled me up on it. And that's it. And that's why, so what Nick said earlier, like we all take complete ownership for our experience because that's where people can, it starts off with things like that. But if you don't, if you don't have the balls to go, yeah, I'll work on that then that kind of gets smaller and smaller. Then it's like, well, you can't speak to them at work. Now you can't speak yep. to friends that are guys. Now you can't look at other men in the street. And it just keeps getting smaller and smaller because that trigger is going to be active because it hasn't been worked on. Huge. As you said earlier, though, like you, you can't be what you can't see. And Hassan, I talk about you can't hear what you don't feel. So, you know, if, if, we, if we can't go internally and learn to go internally and, and check in with ourselves and where am I at and how am I feeling and then be able to, understand what that feeling is and what's causing it and then communicate about it like it's it's it's, it's it is difficult I and mean, we has and i keep ranting about it's a lot you got to do the work you got to do the work you got to do the work and it's just what it boils down to i think nick, well, yeah. something sorry sean just uh something yeah. you said earlier nick was that how we're we're been seen as the rock like the, the the masculine kind of thing and then when i start to express my emotions then i'm not the rock and i think that's just a it's it's definitely happening but it's not it's a misconception you know and i think that, that the wheels turning and there's um more and more people and i think this is where it's going to go is that when a man does open up that's also seen as being the rock in that moment because they're willing to actually speak about that because so many men who've been the rock and not shown their emotions end up not being a rock because they end up drunks or leaving their family or that kind of thing so the more and more that culture and especially you know the women the partners of men can see when a man opens up and go fuck he's being he's been the rock in this way at this moment um that's going to be really powerful that's that's in a heterosexual relationship yeah sorry mate. in a heterosexual relationship both parties have, have got to go right whatever we've been doing you know, isn't working. So we need to create change. So have that awareness that it needs changing acceptance and, and coming at it with this motivation to change, not because we hate who we are or how we are, but because we love each other enough to evolve that we'd again evolve into healthier versions of ourselves and the relationship will be healthier. But it's, it's got to come from change has to happen on both sides. Of any, any relationship though, because there's, there's a balance of masculine and feminine in a heterosexual relationship, but there's mm. also the balance of the masculine and feminine in any gender relationship. With masculine, and I'll just touch on what you say, Ryan, with the, with the, the rock scenario. And that, it's a great analogy because of, um, I think what we were saying last, you know, about previous miscommunications is that that opening up means that we're not the rock. We're, you know, you know we're feminine or, and people, you know, the majority of blokes that you have, that there are issues with that want to be masculine. So anything that takes them away from that traditional or like negative masculine, even they pull away from the communication is actually going deep within your feelings, sorting shit out is masculine. That's you being the rock of going, okay, there's something that's affecting this relationship or my family. As a bloke, I need to sort this shit out. I need to get this done because if, if I deny it, then I'm, cowarding away from it I, i'm going yeah. okay it's the easy way out being, it's an it easy way out i don't want to open up i don't want to face my issues so i'll drink them away or yeah. drugs them away or you know just mind-numbing shit away them um i'm actually not stepping up <laughs> i'm not showing up and going <laughs> i'm going to sort this out it takes so an inordinate it takes an inordinate amount of strength to be vulnerable though you know coming back to that space being vulnerable and uh, and then it takes more strength to let go of what we're holding on to than to continue holding on to it. You know, we're holding on to this resentment um, or this anger or this, you know, I'm pissed off at her for doing that. It takes more strength to sit there and go, oh, I'm, I'm 
feeling this and and I need to just take a minute to, to get it out of my system. Otherwise, if it stays in my system, it's going to cause damage. So, yeah. you know, this is this is me being a rock opening up to you and what I need from you right now. I, I always teach my clients this it's in communication. It's, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I need. Can you do that for me? So just those three, right. three little ticks. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I need right now. Can you do that for me? Because once again, we have to look at the other person's capacity and we can't just go, right, I'm going to be a, a, a vulnerable, sensitive man and, and start trying to communicate. If my partner can't do it, then it's, we're going to get pissed off at them if we've got this expectation. But they should say this to me or they should say that or they should sit there and listen with empathy as well. Like, so we have to check in on what their capacity is. So that's why the last one's really important. Yeah, like well, that's that. not going to happen straight away. If, if you're in a relationship that that's not, it's the expectation that let's keep working at this. Um, let's look at our trigger points. Um, because, yeah, I can imagine, yeah, even if you're both trying, if that's not what you've done for the last couple of years, um, and it is a process that that we need to learn. I mean, I love the courses that you guys do because of, I, I just think that just encouraging guys, the brand of guys to go, cool, let's start learning about mm mental health let's start learning about emotions and triggers and relationships and communication like you know we, we should be learning about that it's like it's, it's a life like, skills it is it is and it's this awareness thing again like nick you said the guy who says well i'm going to take a minute to get this out because i know if i don't it's going to hurt me down the road and that like that awareness is where so many guys you know haven't been or most guys like you say nick when you get people to put their hand up men don't even know they have mental health they're like, oh, what? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. I've heard about that, not me. I'm like, I don't have, I don't have depression. Human? Fuck that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of people, oh, no, I don't have depression and anxiety. I'm like, cool, you still have mental health. Like, you still yeah. need to deal with that. Um, and I think. But also, release... those, those feelings, those feelings of depression and anxiety. I had a client the other day ring me and say, you know, I just got this wave of depression come over. And I said, oh, cool. Was it a, was it a healthy emotional response? He's like, what do you mean? It was depression. I'm like, so what? You've got, an, you've got an aversion to feeling normal human emotions, which are actually mm. really important. Unpleasant emotions are equally as important as pleasant emotions in the right circumstance and, and you know, to the right degree. And he's like, oh, really? Said, yeah, you're allowed to feel <laughs> sad. Yeah. It's, if yeah, someone yeah. dies, it's healthy to feel sad. If, I if, think that... if something doesn't happen, you're going to get a little bit angry. Where, where it becomes unhealthy and where you start neglecting your own mental health is is when you start you know compounding that by, by being unrealistic he's like oh fuck me yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's what ryan says you know and that's you know that's vulnerability communication when you just go um you know to your partner or you know to to yourself even and just go this situation sucks like i'm, I'm really upset with this like you know, it's this is causing me stress, or this is causing me depression, or anxiety, or anger. Um, and you just kind of go, "Well, should it? Yes, cool." <laughs> then you know that that's the vulnerability of, of saying, "You know, I'm stressed." COVID, I'm actually stressed about how I'm going to provide for the family or stuff like that. You know, that's being vulnerable to your partner because then you can work on it um, versus being a negative. Well, it becomes yeah. it becomes a we rather than a me versus you, and. I see this all the time with couples when the pressure's put on, as, as is going to with any relationship, usually that pressure pushes people apart because it, they go into their egos and it becomes me versus you. Um, and it's your fault that this is happening. This, you know, they get attacking. Where two people in a relationship that are emotionally healthy and mature uh, and intelligent, when the pressure is applied, they come together and they go, right, it's us versus the problem here mm -hmm. and how are we going to get through this? And it's a beautiful thing to watch. It made me what you said then think about, you know, the not opening up, you know, the classic guy who has to provide for the family and he's feeling that pressure and never talks about it. And then he like loses his office job, but he doesn't tell the wife and then keeps pretending yeah. to go to work <laughs> and he's all dressed up with his briefcase feeding the ducks yeah. at the pond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All because, he's, all because there's so much pride and shame and everything kind of on him that he won't even admit it and <laughs> just pretend to go to work and that's that's how they deal with it it's just embarrassment and but that's that unnecessary suffering so that's where we need to validate what you're feeling okay you're feeling that but but is it a healthy emotional response like mm. mind fit is all about teaching people how to have an emotional response that's in proportion to what they're experiencing you know, and that's it. 
if 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 I come home and there's no milk and I'm really attached to this desired outcome of having a glass of milk when I get home and there's no milk and I erupt and I start throwing shit around the kitchen and throw the dog off the balcony and burn the house down, that's not really a healthy emotional response. <laughs> you must really like the professional. You must really like <laughs> The depth of our suffering yeah. has is attached to the depth of our attachment. So I really love milk and get it really angry. You, you mentioned that and it's like, it, it's funny, but it's true. And that's, I, I worked what, at the a milk um, story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I really love milk. If there's no chocolate um, to me, but it's, I worked at a service station and um, I remember I got propositioned to fight twice over Christmas. And one was Frankston? because of, yeah. <laughs> one because Only of, twice. Um, twice, yeah, different people as well. Only um, but one, twice. <laughs> one was, um, one was a guy that I'd served too quickly. Um, and you could just tell that this was this disproportionate reaction. He's like, I'm like, oh my, he goes, Oh, what's the fucking rush? I'm like, no, like, you know, I'm like, you know, when he let's, you know, let's, let's get it done. Let's get you home for the holidays. Like, Oh, but you're just trying to get rid of me. Rah, rah, mate. Do you want to fucking, you, if you weren't behind that, come on. Like, well, okay. Settle then. But I'm like, okay, but he's probably just coming home from work where he's, wife's asking you know or, or the kids want expensive toys so he's busting his ass to get more money to provide for the family but then at the same time over that period he's not spending time with that with the family because he's working too much so he's getting you know we need to go on holidays so we need this amount of money however you're not spending enough time with us the kids feel like that you're never around and that's how it's going to come out because of that's an and that's where i think with guys it's if there's no milk, should I throw my dog off the balcony? Probably not. Maybe I should. Maybe I should figure out what's going on here. And there's but no. This, shame this is in where that. it comes back to. This is where it comes back to. Um, no dogs were harmed in the gonna... making of this podcast. <laughs> podcast. Um, this is where it comes back to that emotional intelligence. And, and I, I talk to clients about this four parts to EQ, and that's self awareness, self management, social awareness, and relationship management. And so. You know, if we're not aware of our own stuff and our own triggers and where we are at, you know, proprioception is, is an understanding of where the body is and the space it's in. And um, uh, we, we need proprioception of the mind as well. Where is my mind right now? Where, where are my emotions? Where, where am I within myself? Um, so when we're aware, then we can sort of start to, to let go of things and be more rational and start to self-regulate our emotions and, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting heightened, but, yeah, it's only milk. Okay, it's only milk. All right, I can go and get some milk. We can start thinking our way through situations and then we're actually in a space where we can be mindful of how others in our families are going or, or workplaces or whatever and then we're in a position where we can give to them. So... If we're, if we're in survival mode, we're just going to take. If we're standing on our own two feet emotionally self-sufficient, then we're in a position where we can give. And uh, I've, just for me, I hope that's where blokes end up in the next you know, decade is, is standing on their own two feet emotionally in their power, in their strength. And just this ripple effect of respect and, and, and love and being rational and logical and not having all these this unnecessary unnecessary suffering just deteriorating their relationships and, and killing it from the inside i think yeah. a lot of, yeah, a lot of that up on that journey because it's a process you know you're, you love talking about mental reps nick it's this process of like okay i'm going to start off in the morning and night i'm going to check in with my emotions and my mental state and i'm going to become aware of them because in the past i just haven't been aware of them at all and then gradually we do it more and more and we're checking in throughout the day and then you get to a point you know where like i'm all i'm doing is i'm aware of my thoughts and emotions pretty much right but yeah. but early on it's really hard because number one we're not very good at it and number two we realize how emotionally reactive we are and a lot of men start noticing their emotions and thoughts and they realize how fucking reactive and emotional they are. And they go, no, nah, I'm going to just focus away from that, you know? So it's just stick with it, you know, because you have a to sim- go through that uncomfortable period. A simple little tool that I give clients is just to say, that's interesting. So mm. you get home, there's no milk. No judgment. Oh, that's, inter- that's interesting. 
and instantly it, it opens your the mind. milk analogy. I can't get it out of my head. I'm just picturing this whole scene. It's like a movie and you get home from work and you pull the carton out of the fridge and as you tip it, just one drop comes out. And as it hits the bottom of the cup, all the music stops and you just start getting red in the face. Steam comes out and the carton scrunches down. Yeah. Type ah. thing. Just, yeah. Turns it's into like, the Hulk. Yeah, it's a Hulk. It's just, yeah. Um, and what one of the things that we do through the modern bloke is just put in okay one it's the reality it, it's this discussion of going the reality is we are in where we are with the emotional thing is and then it's going okay what can you do i know going like just simple things of going for a walk i've got um, a podcast that in two weeks coming up with uh genoa from the um, momentum lifestyle about meditation and it's not about being that kumbaya but just that finding a, a, a special place and um, I know going, going for a walk is massive for me when I'm like, okay, I'm triggered, I'm frustrated, just go for a walk, deep breaths, and even talk myself through it in the walk and get back. Um, just those little things where you can go, right, let's figure out what it is rather than, I think, unfortunately, too many guys do react and they don't understand why. Um, and then it's irrational and that is devastating to themselves, others and women. And this so we need to we need to work at both ends of it because it, it's yeah. great to understand when we're heightened and to go for a walk, but that's just sort of not putting a band aid on. But that's that's the horse is already bolted. Yeah. What we're trying to do is to teach people to tame the horse a little bit more and to not get into that position in the first place. But we are human; we are going to react. And we took we use the eighty twenty rule as well. So, I, ideally, at the end of our program, eighty percent of the time, we're mindfully choosing how we respond to a situation, and we're thinking our way through, and we're just we call it taking the hard path. But we're still human; we still have egos. We can't rip our egos off mm. and piss them off. So, twenty percent of the time, we are going to react, and that's how's where we do the mental reps. Um, and pull ourselves back into that space between stimulus and response. All right, hang on. No, that's interesting. The reality is there's no milk. I have a car. I have money. I can go and get some. Problem solved. That's not a drama. And then we keep moving forward. So, And no dogs get Do you think there's the issue that what's – why like so with my walk walk i'm like why like you know so why am i frustrated over milk is it because of milk or is it because i've snapped at milk because of um my boss is stressing me out over this or i'm unhappy with this or and that that's where i kind of depends because you can go into ruminating and you can start once again if you already got that destructive thinking going on and you, you you we call it spaghetti brain if you're using all these cognitive distortions then taking that walk can just deepen that emotion for you if you don't have the tools because you can go fucking kids are always drinking the milk and this is happening that's happening and you can really sort of come back even more disconnected you may have calmed down emotionally but you'll be more distant or or disconnected so that's why it's important to speak to a you know professional as well and look at it as like going to see a personal trainer because guys have this thing and where we this is a very masculine trait as well. It's like, okay, there's a problem. What's the solution? Fix, fix, fix. So how do I get from point A to point B in the shortest route? So if I start becoming aware of my thoughts and emotions and I realize I'm overreacting to the milk and then I'm like, I need to work out a reason why. Why am I so fucking angry at the milk? And if I, if I can't work that out as a guy, I get very frustrated. Yeah, I get very, very frustrated about my experience. So sometimes so it can, there's, a, there's a secondary yeah. reaction. So then we can just sort of say, well, hang on, I'm going to go speak to someone. And if I see him once a week, once a fortnight, I cannot, I haven't like ruminated on everything, but I've said, hey, there was these five instances that had a similar theme and I kept sort of overreacting and going off the handle in those instances. And then someone who's looking at it objectively can say, hey, maybe it's something to do with A, B or C and you can start to actually find a solution and, and end that frustration. 100%. And, and going in, with a mindset of that dropping that maybe that ego or that on a barrier where you're like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm trying something new and I'm talking to professional. We're going to talk about stuff. Cause I know in that agitated state and, and we talk about relationships and communication is giving guys space to, to think and talk and, you know, and process and, and stuff and whether it's a, a cycle or something, but um, what ends up happening and, and my, relationship has this a lot because of um my partner wants to talk or something's wrong what's up and if i'm in my processing space i'm just going to get more agitated Mm. um if i'm not in the mindset of talking about it and i'm being forced to do it um versus then she like 
you know, I'm like, look, if I'm not talking, then I'm, I'm processing it. Um, and then it's like, I'll come up and sit down and be like, okay, so this is what's been going on. And she knows it could take a day or two, but I'm processing and I've got it covered. Um, versus so the, every time she asks, you, you, know, sound, you sound like perhaps you're different communicators. There's two types. There's like yeah. painters, there's painters and pointers. And so I'm a painter. I like to paint a picture with my words and I can waffle on for hours about it where Emma is a pointer and she's just like, just fucking give it to me straight. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> All right. Are, are we done? Good. Let's keep moving. And I'm just like, oh, no, but we haven't talked about it enough. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's really important once again to understand our communication styles and, you know, which, which one are you? And if, if you're in a relationship where you're different, you got to find that middle ground. All right, I have to be a bit more pointed, and you have to be yep. a bit more painted. Which is what, came... which is what you described, Sean. That you guys sound like you've got to work that out, and this takes you know working out over time. So then she'll actually feel safe that when you say I don't want to talk at it, talk about it right now, that you will, whether that's in a few yeah. hours or a day or two, she can feel confident that you will because that's happened in the past. And funnily enough, circling back then to the conversation we had because of I said that whilst I'm not you know processing it when you when you ask me about it which is legitimate but that just frustrates me you know i feel frustrated not you're your, an internal process yeah it's probably an external process plus, plus she's adding stimulus whilst you're still trying to process the existing yeah. stimulus so it's and, an overwhelm. And that when this happens i feel i said when you when you ask me, I feel agitated and it disrupts my thinking, then that's when we went to that discussion and said, okay, well, the action of interrupting, is that something that you should keep doing because it's justified or you cannot do? Um, and she was like, cool, oh, I won't do it because I know that you'll talk about it rather than her being like, if the bad communication of, you know, oh, but I just want to know, I just want to know. And you're like, yeah, cool. But that's, I'm telling you that every time you do that, it just resets my process. Um, so it's like, cool, well, then there's something that I don't have to do um, knowing that it frustrates you while you're trying to process it. And then it means that instead of three days over that, a day and a half, I can go, cool, I'm ready to talk about. And I've processed, I think, you know, not whether it's guys or girls, but I want to process it so that when I articulate it, it's more pointed, as you said, Nick. Oh, that, that's me. I was on like, she'll go straight into it and then – paint the picture as she goes type mm. of thing. Whereas I'll be like, cool, I've got it. I've communicated it to my head. I've almost, um, it's almost like I'm doing a speech and I've role played it in my head a couple of times. And I know that I'm going to articulate my emotions and feelings or the issue um, or what's bothering me. Um, accurate. I think that the reason why um, a lot of women have gone to that go-to um, is because men haven't been stepping up and willing to be open and vulnerable. So they'll want to talk about it now because they realize if they don't talk about it, it'll never get spoken about. There yeah. won't be that few hours or a couple of days that a guy will just never open up about it, you know, for six months later. Let's talk about that. No, I'm not ready. Let's be careful about, about you know, smacking blokes over the head by saying that they're not sh- Nah, smack them over the head. Nah, neck up your parrot. Um, because once again, a lot of blokes want to, they just don't know mm. how to. So you got to, we've got to look at men's capacities. And it's, it's too easy a trap to fall into to say men, men haven't been you know, doing this. And, uh, yeah, that's it, right. Men haven't. But you've got to look beyond what they're projecting, or in this case, not projecting, and come at it with a sense of understanding. And you know, so many blokes want to talk, but they, 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 they're prioritizing their partner's you know, emotions instead of their own or they don't know what it is that they're feeling and, and they don't know how to be vulnerable and, and, and go, I'm feeling something. I don't know what it is. What do we do with this? You know, it's, it's so when, I think we need to be a bit more gentle with blokes and go, all right, mm. everyone's doing the best that they can. That's just genuinely you're doing the best you can, but it's not enough. So it's not your fault that you like this, but it is your responsibility to learn how to start articulating what it is that you're experiencing within yourself um, so everyone's on the same page. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it, I think most guys do want to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, it, but it's not only in the relationship in terms of a partner, it's a relationship with mates as well. So mm. if a bloke does start trying to open up with a mate, uh, no, shut up, you poof. No, bloody... Uh, 
just shut up and have your beer. No, you know, suppress it, suppress it, suppress it. You know, we've got to start encouraging our mates to, to open up. But going, you know, I'm also not your therapist. I'm here to listen. But, uh, uh, you know, I, you don't want to talk to a mate and just ruminate as well. You don't want to go looking for sympathy. You don't want to have been suffering and go looking for people to come to your pity party and just enable you to stay in there as well. So just be really careful of when you're talking to a bloke going, right, mate, I generally just need to, to get this out of me. All right? I don't want you to do anything with it. I don't want you to sympathize or whatever. I just need to get this out of me. Okay, it's, I'm going to go and talk to my counselor next week or whatever, but just i got to get it out now. And that's it, it's pointed when you talk about with mates because it, it, it's something that we speak about, um, and especially like what the misconception is like the snag and like, you know, that opening up is then all of a sudden just guys being just all emotional is when we say talk about your mates and not, we need the communication of what that looks like. And it's not people kind of get worried or the feedback is that, okay, on a Saturday afternoon when we're around for beers or Anzac day footy, when we're going around to a barbecue to our mates and then the bloke that's got an issue is just going to, you know, half time just going to start crying and blurting all this stuff out and that's a misconception <laughs> so same thing as what ryan says they just go we don't want to do that so we'll just where it's going the blokes that you're going to the barbecue with just understand that you should be able to open up to them but you might go hey mate I choose the arvo can we catch up for yep. a coffee yep um I, i've just or you know when it is how's things going oh work's stressing me out um you know Oh, everything all right? Actually, not really. Look, it's not not devastating, but um, do you want to catch up for a coffee or come around and, you know, we can talk about it, but let's not worry about it at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then the other, it, by having that as a culture, which I think women do really well is um, that, and, and I, I find it even when I'd been asked is how's, you know, how's things or are you okay? Or, you know, yes. Are you okay? Yes. Are you okay? Yes. And then all of a sudden it's, are you okay? No. I'm actually really, really down in the bottom and it's, um, you know, that's what we need to, we need to be more comfortable just talking about the small things before they turn big. So if it's, I'm having problem, you know, how's the relationship and you go, actually it's, you know, we're having an issue about this and that rather than like, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, no, it's good. And then six months later, actually we're getting divorced and you're like, whoa, hang on. (laughs) No, 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 it was okay. I didn't want to burden you with like just petty stuff. Where did that come from? (laughs) Yeah. If you have the discussion, um, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, you know, me and my partner, we had the same issue and have you thought about doing this or have you, you know, have you gone to MindFit and talked about relationships or communication or that? And they go, "We, we can stop it getting, you know, disastrous. And that can be through mental health issues um, with, you know, it's happened where you don't see the signs of people that then suicide. And it's like, well, if we get in that habit of going, you know, things are actually really shit. Okay, cool. What can I support you at this point? So it doesn't get down to that point. But it's also, it's also uh, can be difficult one until you learn how to do it. That, mm. you know, if you go to the supermarket and they check out, you guys, oh, how are you? And you go, Oh, I'm just I'm having an existential crisis right now. Uh, you know, there's a there's a time and a place. So there, there is. I feel like some of the old ladies at the at the checkout at Woolies <laughs> do that. It's chatting for about half an hour. Yeah. How how are you? Is has more become just a greeting. It's yeah. it's, it's it's similar to hello. Um, they're not genuinely asking how are you. It's just a, a social um, mm. automatic. Yeah. Phrase. Yeah. So so it's that okay. Um, ring your mate later and say, mate, I yeah. genuinely want to know how are you. Yep. You know, it's it's not just a how are you; it's a genuinely how are you. Well, or, I get a, I get a mate who messages me and writes, "How are you?" Dot 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 dot, like internally, and I'm like, well, <laughs> that's, that's, a, "That's a different question." <laughs> and we do it we do it at Mindfit as well. Like we've got a we've got a, a pillow um, cushion. Um, it's got a wheel of emotions on it, and when clients come in, they I say, "How are you?" And if they say good, they have to do 10 push-ups on the spot because <laughs> I, I, I don't want to know that they're good. Good's not an emotion. I generally want to know how they're feeling. So we're training them to sit there and to sit at this wheel for as long as it takes and to to actually land on how am I, uh, how am I feeling. And a lot of the time, there'll be two or three emotions. So it's never just one mm. emotion. It's always a combination of a mixed emotions. And they're fucking loving it because they're going, oh my god, that that's actually how I'm feeling. And when they can put a label on it themselves, or they they can make sense of it, is probably more the correct description. 
then they can go, oh, I'm feeling this. And, and that makes sense because this happened earlier. And, oh, mm. right. So instead of good, it's just, okay, well, in the right time and the right place, check in and learn how you are actually feeling. The right time and the right place is important. And that's where, I, I, like, you just remind me, I've got a mate that um, we catch up with outside of, like, the group um, for lunch. And he's, you know, he's very supportive of what we do with the modern bloke. And um, we hug every time we meet which is like you know just give each other a quick hug but then we go so do we ah good <laughs> but then we go all right before we start is there anything wrong you know is there an issue is it how like you know the first thing we kind of bring up is just to say right if there is something that you're struggling with let's talk about it now rather than getting into chit chat and ban you know banter and just mucking around and then thinking okay this is a good conversation i don't want to bring it up now so we give each other the opportunity um to go i'm struggling with this or there's an issue i want to talk about this and then we go bang now nine times out of ten eight times out of ten it's like no no everything's actually really good now let's just talk about normal but at least it opens up at that situation whereas we wouldn't talk about it when we all catch up for drinks it's also knowing who in your friendship group is other go-to blokes to do that with so um my mates know that i'm not a bloke you come to just to get sympathy off you know if you want to whinge about your missus and not do anything about it i'm not that guy you know because i don't want to enable a pity party so um you know i've got mates that we just catch up i've got mates i talk to on that level with so it's really knowing the dynamic of your relationship within those social groups as well and and not expecting steve who's not a emotionally intelligent person but he's a great mate and a fun golfer you know don't expect him to to be that voice or to be that ear to 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 listen to you Hmm. love it love it mate sean we will uh be respectful of your time we're coming up on an hour now mate where can the listeners get in touch with your work where's the best place to check it out the modern bloke yeah perfect um at the modern bloke on Instagram um, and themodernbloke.com.au. Um, search, yeah, just search that or go on that on the internet. Um, and yeah, we've got a podcast that's up as well. So Apple, um, Spotify, um, you can. What's the podcast the called? Or the modern bloke? Yeah, it's just the modern bloke podcast. It took me a while to figure that out. You know, just you know, sitting around. <laughs> No, I'm just picturing brainstorming. Sat on top of a mountain for a week just to come up with that one. <laughs> I was thinking more like the sunny, it's always sunny Philadelphia guy. Like, you know, oh my God, you know, like I've got it, you know, yeah, or coming back after the week and going, all right, I've got it. I'm going to call it the Modern Bloke podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh, it's two, uh, two episodes in, and it's the same thing. It's just going to be chats like this, um, but teaching guys how to do it. Um, and then Instagram and um, and I guess with anyone, if there's any value they get from any of the quotes or anything that's on there, the easiest thing or thing that I ask people to do is share it, um, whether it's in stories or on your page and tag me in it because I come from a marketing background and if we want to change a culture, if you've got a guy that follow or a mate that you might be trying to get through, through the easiest thing is to put on a story where they can just say it and just be welcome to look at it. Um, it's That's what I've just found is the easiest way to get through um, and, and help people. Love it. Share the love, everyone. Can I, can I, can I just finish on one thing? You know, when, when you first asked, how am I and at the start of the episode, and I started going down that path and I pulled myself back and I went, no, this is actually how I'm really feeling. So I rerouted myself and, and it was okay. I didn't get hurt. Like I, I didn't get stabbed with a trident. I, there wasn't a, a meteor didn't you know, strike planet Earth. It, it wasn't. There was no pain involved in being vulnerable and just sharing openly with two blokes and a couple of billion listeners. Hopefully, <laughs> um, uh, you know how I'm feeling because someone may be sitting there going, oh, "Fuck, I'm feeling the same." And so then it creates this: we're not alone. Um, and, and that it's liberating. Can... It's liberating. Well, it's it's a sense of connection as well. It's a, mm. all right. This is this is a sense of real an authenticity about it. So this fake, I'm okay. You know, put the put the facade up. I'm going to bring. I learned about up. you, and I didn't judge. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Back, <laughs> get back to Frankston with you. <laughs> and then found out you're an essence supporter. So I was like, oh, hey, Scott. <laughs> hey. Um, this time next year, mate, we'll uh, we'll be getting tickets and going to G. Oof, looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll be speaking to the SNN group before they walk out there.
I'll give it a motivational look. speech with your glass, yeah. of, <laughs> glass of milk and you're like banging it as you're talking. <laughs> go, go, go out and fight and go out and play your hardest out. And just, you know, when you're tackling someone, just imagine that you've just lost your last drop of milk <laughs> and, 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 and internalize that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you, Sean. Thank Beautiful. you so much for joining us. Thank Thanks, you, Sean. We'll see you all next week. Peace Cheers, out. guys. Thank you. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.